Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It is a solo free agent edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, a full breakdown is to come tomorrow with the Athletics' Julian McKenzie. But for now, let's tackle some of the major headlines with the free agent window finally being cracked open, the rush now behind us, and after over a half billion dollars were committed to NHL players across the league. NHL general, general managers, man, they are they're really still not wise to this. Anyway, because they were so busy, we have a lot to talk about, and thankfully we have a 30-second franchise to make things a little bit more interesting, and they did. The Seattle Kraken with three huge signings, including the prize goaltender of the class, Philip Grubauer, to Seattle, six years, $5.9 million. Changes the dynamic a little bit with Seattle's goaltending situation. We also had Alexander Wenberg, three years, $4.5 million. Interesting. And also Jaden Schwartz, five years, $5.5 million, another big signing. So with Schwartz and Wenberg, it certainly changes the dynamic of the forward group a little bit. And overall, I think these three signings, certainly more encouraging, right? I mean, we all knew the defense looked pretty good. But now when you look at the forwards with Wenberg and Schwartz, it kind of looks like comparable, at least like not so, I can't call it top heavy, but defense heavy or the strength being so obvious, the defense core. Like there's a little bit more up front now, a little less toothless now that they've got Schwartz and Wenberg. And I think they're going to be a little bit more competent up front and certainly a little bit more competitive. Um, but the big news is Grubauer, right? And for a moment, they had a surplus of quality netminders uh, with the number one guy from this class on their team. It was already sort of an intriguing, I guess you could call it that, goaltending duo. At least one that was not going to be one of their weaknesses. But now that they've added Grubauer, it's completely thrown a wrench into the plans. And apparently they have sent Vitek Vanacek back to the Washington Capitals for a second round pick. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about with the expansion draft was getting those assets that you could flip. And they ended up doing it by going out and signing one of the richest free agent contracts of the day. I digress. It's a probably a good move for them to get the reigning Vesna Trophy nominated Philip Grubauer into the fold. That said, I'm not completely sold on him. And I do wonder what Chris Drieger is thinking right now. It seemed like this was his opportunity, right? He was going to be the number one guy 
for the Seattle Kraken for the foreseeable future. He was the one trotted out, sta- trotted out on stage. He was the one that got that extension. And now Chris Drieger is firmly slotted behind a Vesna-caliber goaltender for the next six seasons. If I'm Drieger, I'm not too happy right now. Anyway, Seattle took the opportunity that they didn't have earlier, which just was to deal from the goaltending position with Vanacek going back to Washington to get a second-round pick. It's interesting because the price to lay off was so high, and the second-round pick is always what it probably should have been. Like, they probably should have got more second-round picks. Anyway, they managed to secure one by dealing Vanacek and getting a really quality goaltender in Grubauer, at least we think. I still do not love how the expansion draft was handled. I think the most hilarious headline of the day was Gavin Bayrother going back to Columbus after he was the selection for the Seattle Kraken. That was the best that they could do in that up in that situation. I still don't quite buy it. There were missed opportunities, but with Schwartz, Wenberg, and Grubauer, they've added the high-quality players that can help them compete right now in the immediate term, and maybe it opens up more opportunities for trades even beyond Vitek Vanacek going back to Washington. The biggest deal of the day, at least for unrestricted free agents. It's a little tease for later. Dougie Hamilton, seven years, 63 million with the New Jersey Devils. Now, this was not a decision made out of a burning desire to win a Stanley Cup per se, but Dougie Hamilton used his leverage, leverage which was the fact that he was the top free agent on the market to land a massive contract and, of course, the biggest one of the day. It has him in line in terms of annual earnings with Kale McCarr. He is just short of Seth Jones. He's in the discussion among the top-earning defensemen in the league. And he deserves it. I mean, Dougie Hamilton is a wonderful player. He's got the goals. I believe he has more goals than any other defenseman in the last four years. He's got the points. He's got the underlying data in spades. It is impossible to say that he's not worth the money that he signed for. I guess my issue is, though, will his prime just be wasted in Jersey? Can the New Jersey Devils compete before Dougie Hamilton's career starts to dip a little bit? I mean, what is he? Six, seven, eight years into his career? Perhaps not that long. But he's well into his prime now. Jersey doesn't seem to be two or three years away from competing just yet. Maybe they are. But there's still a lot of work to do to build a contender around Dougie Hamilton and around Jack Hughes and around... I guess that says it all. It's a bit It's a bit thin, isn't it? Anyway, changes are to come. P.K. Subban's going to be out the door soon. And they'll be able to turn over that roster a little bit. But the New Jersey Devils are not a team that is ready to win immediately. And Dougie Hamilton certainly picked dollar over opportunity at least in terms of winning um we don't really do winners and losers i actually don't think there were too many winners and losers but i think one definite winner is actually dougie hamilton's former team way back when three three teams removed the boston bruins you have to go with the boston bruins as a winner i mean on this day it was very predictable that they were productive right it's just what they do Because they don't waste money at the top of their lineup, their players are locked up to very team-friendly contracts, they're able to just go out and get who they want in free agency. And this year, that included Eric Halla, Thomas Noshek, Derek Forbert. Quality players that don't break the bank aren't like crazy valuable or coveted on the open market, but you just know are going to be of value 
to the Boston Bruins. Like you just understand that they're going to fit in well and do their jobs. So those three, a good start. Then they sign or re-sign Mike Riley, who they acquired at the trade deadline last year. Then they got Nick Foligno on a free agent contract. Two years, definitely an overpay. Almost $4 million per season on a two-year deal is a lot for Nick Foligno at this point in his career. But you let that one slide because of all the other good that they've done. But here's the big one. Linus Allmark, goaltender from the Buffalo Sabres, signed to a four-year deal worth $20 million. This goaltender has been signed to carry the Boston Bruins out of the Tuka Rask era. Now, Tuka Rask apparently underwent some surgery, not going to be around for a little while, but probably will be back at some point next season. So it's Linus Allmark's crease to start, perhaps not to finish. But they didn't just sign this guy to be a stopgap. Linus Allmark is going to be around for four years, potentially longer, and he's going to be the guy that the Boston Bruins lean on this season and in the future. Now, it's not a risk, or not a move without risk, rather. Uh, but Linus Allmark posted exceptional, exceptional numbers for the Boston for the Buffalo Sabres, sorry. Um, and now gets to settle in the friendly confines of the Boston Bruins crease. Much more sheltered in Boston than it was ever in Buffalo in his time there. A huge opportunity for Linus Allmark. A surprise. We definitely didn't expect this to happen. I don't think many people thought Linus Allmark was going to end up with the Boston Bruins. A huge move for him from an individual standpoint, leaving the Buffalo Sabres and joining a contender, not just joining, but to be the starter off the bat for a contender like the Boston Bruins. How did the Buffalo Sabres let a coveted goaltender a guy that went out and signed a $20 million contract. How did they let him get to free agency? He should have been traded last season with everybody else. Foolish to think that you were going to be able to resign, resign him, especially when you're sending everybody else out the door. Everybody else, except Jack Eichel, so far is gone. Ristolainen, Reinhardt, gone. Allmark should have been there too. He would have been a guy that you would have actually get something decent for because teams needed goaltending. At the deadline. One more miss for the Buffalo Sabres. Winners other than that. Again, that's sort of what I was getting to. Uh, I don't really have many. A lot of money spent. Lots of lots of landmines laid down. But nothing obviously really, really good. And nothing obviously really, really bad just yet. But I do have some losers. Interestingly enough... My losers are three of the best teams in the league last season, plus one team that went to the Stanley Cup final. I think you know which one that is. Let's begin, though, with the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, they made the controversial decision uh, just yesterday to trade Marc-Andre Fleury to the Chicago Blackhawks. That opened up $7 million because you can't have $12, $12 million devoted to your goaltending position if you want to be a winner or at least if you want to be a team that can overcome some of the deficiencies that they have. And Vegas has plenty of them. So they trade away Flurry, face of the franchise, a guy so emotionally connected to the city and to the team, tough to stomach. They certainly didn't know how to deal with it because Flurry found out on Twitter and apparently the family was in ruins because of what happened. But anyway, that's in the past. With $7 million, the Vegas Golden Knights went out and spent it very quickly. They traded 
Nick Holden, and I believe a second round pick. Maybe it was a third. Either way. To the Ottawa Senators for Evgeny Dadanov, uh, formerly of the Florida Panthers and formerly of a terrible season in Ottawa. This guy was signed three years, $15 million last offseason, came into Ottawa, was probably the worst player on the team in terms of expectations and fulfilling them. He was brutal in his worst in his first season with Ottawa, and the Senators should be thanking their lucky stars that they got rid of them, rid of him today. If we're talking about winners and losers, chalk Ottawa up as a winner today for getting rid of Evgeny Dadanov. So five million dollars of the seven million on a winger when your problem's at center if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. So maybe there's another move to come. Maybe. We'll, we'll reserve judgment for now. Well, I guess I was kind of judgy there. But we'll reserve it completely until later. Because maybe it means that they're setting up for some sort of deal that maybe involves Jack Eichel. I have no idea. But Dadanov is in the fold. Five million of the seven million. Questionable decision at best. And then, just a couple minutes later, they announced that they've signed Laurent Brossois, the backup goaltender, um, to a two-year deal worth more than $2 million per. Now, this is one where you look at it and you're like, is that the annual term or the total? Because it would make a lot more sense in this case if Brossois was earning $2-plus million on a two-year deal, not annually, to be the backup to Robin Leonard. Now you're up to over $7 million in goaltending, needlessly, and you've got Evgeny Dadanov in your system who was terrible last year. And his entire production might hinge on the fact that not only is he playing with good players, but maybe he needs to be with Sasha Barkov in order to be good at all. That's possible, honestly, by the way he played last year in Ottawa. So $7 million opened up, $7.3 million spent on Evgeny Dadanov and Laurent Brossois. Vegas, questionable decision-making on the opening of free agency. Second loser, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but they lost Philip Grubauer and they don't have any goaltenders under contract right now. The best team in the NHL last year in terms of regular season wins and production, points, all that. President's Trophy winner. Does not have a goaltender more than six, seven, eight hours into free agency. That is unprecedented territory, uncharted water for the Colorado Avalanche and Joe Sackick. Now, I will say, I'm not sure that losing Philip Grubauer is the worst thing. This is a team with the infrastructure in place to make goaltenders look good. But the musical chairs have stopped here, and Colorado is the one without a seat. Now, no doubt they will find a goaltender, but they wanted Grubauer, and it seems like they only missed out on him by a couple hundred thousand dollars. Now, they're going to get pinched in negotiations here. Every team knows that they don't have a goaltender, so the ones that they call they call up, well, they're going to have all the leverage in this situation. But thankfully for Colorado, and we're connecting the dots a little bit here, but a team like the Arizona Coyotes, who is basically the league's storage locker at the moment, has a goaltender under contract still named Darcy Kemper, who can probably be just as productive as Philip Grubauer if he's in Colorado's net. I think they probably go out and get Kemper eventually. It probably just costs more now that they're in the position that they're in. In the end, it's probably not the biggest deal, but a little embarrassing for the for the Colorado Avalanche to not only miss out on Grubauer, to have a Vesna Trophy-nominated goaltender who built himself in your net 
and who had a great opportunity to stick around, maybe win a Stanley Cup, and instead going to a team that is just starting, an expansion outfit that may be brutal next year, that may see his value completely plummet because he's playing for them. We don't know what's going to happen, but you'd think Colorado would be able to convince Grubauer to stay. But it didn't happen that way. Third loser, the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, pretty self-explanatory. They lost Dougie Hamilton, and in an effort to make up for the loss of the right shot defender, they went out and signed Tony D'Angelo. Perhaps not as worse as actually signing him is the fact that they defended his reputation in the locker room after signing him. Either way, it's got a lot of stink on it. Tony D'Angelo and the Carolina Hurricanes is a bad look. They also went out and got Ian Cole because, again, they need right shot defenders. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he's decent. I think he's a decent ad. And they also traded Warren Fogle to the Edmonton Oilers for Ethan Bear, another right shot defenseman. So trying to do it by committee, but they had to take from their forward group and a really talented forward and Warren Fogle, I think is going to do great things with Edmonton. And they had to sort of sully their own reputation by going out and getting Tony D'Angelo. So, not a great look for the Carolina Hurricanes. And again, one of the best teams in the league last year. That might take a step back. And finally, the team that went to the Stanley Cup final, the Montreal Canadiens, they also had a bad day. They lost Phil Deneau, who was so exceptional and so crucial to their Stanley Cup final run. He went to the Los Angeles Kings on a six-year deal. $5.5 million, I believe. A little bit more expensive than what was originally offered by the Canadians at the start of last year. So I guess that gamble paid off a little bit, although it was a little tenuous at times for him because he did not have a great regular season, at least in terms of production. So Montreal losing Phil Deneau. They've lost Shea Weber now. So taking a big step back, especially when the strength of that team was their ability to shut down the opposition. They're losing their two best shutdown guys on forward and defense, respectively. And then their reputation continues to take a hit. Now, signing Mike Hoffman, it's not the end of the world. Mike Hoffman doesn't deserve to be banished from the league from the drama that happened when he was with the Ottawa Senators, but still another guy with character issues. But the worst part in terms of conduct for the Montreal Canadiens was trying to sneak out a letter from Jeff Molson regarding the Logan Mayu topic and controversy that is an absolute terrible look a deliberate act of trying to sweep something under the rug even further than they've already done 
Montreal's reputation just taking hit after hit after hit since their, you know, rousing run to the Stanley Cup final. It's really disappointing to see what's happened, and it's all self-inflicted. They have no one to blame but themselves for putting themselves in the negative light that they are just stuck under like an interrogation room. It's just a terrible look for Montreal, and it did not get any better on the opening of free agency. Other notables. Start with the Flames. Blake Coleman, an elite utility guy, going on a big ticket, six years, $4.9 million. Now, this is normally the type of deal that doesn't work out for teams. However, I will say that Blake Coleman is not your typical middle six, third line, utility grit guy. He's just better than that. He could play on the top line with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan or whoever. Wherever you put him, he's going to probably have an impact, a positive impact, whether he's on an elite third line, whether he's there to score goals on a second line, or he's there to facilitate on a first line. I think Blake Coleman is just a really, really good hockey player, and I think he's going to be able to perform in that six-year window that he's signed with the with the uh, with the Calgary Flames. So not a bad deal there. I think the Flames did pretty well to obviously get a good player under contract. I think they've still got some work to do. Uh, I don't think all the issues that they have are fixed suddenly with the signing of Blake Coleman, but it's a quality move nonetheless. I mentioned that the biggest contract actually was not that of Dougie Hamilton's. It was actually Braden Points, but he's not an unrestricted free agent. He wasn't even a restricted free agent. He actually just took the opportunity to sign an extension on the first day of eligibility, and it's a whopper, man. Eight years, maximum term, $9.5 million, which matches Andre Vasilevsky and Nikita Kucherov. So the internal hierarchy, you know, it stays true. You don't earn more than the top earners on that team, and you and you fall in line even if you're on par with those guys. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they just don't go over eight figures. It just doesn't happen that way. Now, it's going to result in some more concessions. That's another... $3 million plus or just short of $3 million in terms of a raise that he will get beginning in the 2022-23 season. But for now, despite losing that third line of Coleman, Blake, or Barclay Goodrow and Yanni Gord, I mean, all the big, the heavy hitters are still in place and they're going to still be in place for Tampa for the time being. This is a tremendous deal, I think, for both player and team. Obviously, Braden Point should be delirious with the fact that he's going to earn almost 80 million dollars through the life of this deal much of that will not be taxed he gets to live in tampa and live the life for a team that's going to continue to perform because players just want to go there and then the lightning i think they're going to be able to keep the band together this isn't a ridiculous contract it's a deserved contract and you can't really get mad if you're signing contracts that are spot on and this one seems spot on Finally, the Maple Leafs. Always have to talk about the Maple Leafs. A busy day, but a day that's probably not too consequential, other than one signing. Uh, Petr Mrazek on a three-year deal worth $3.8 million per season. A heavy ticket for a 1A, a 1B, a pure backup. We shall see how it all works out. But the Leafs have their goaltending duo, have moved on from the Freddie Anderson era. It'll be Mrazek and Campbell next season for the Leafs. 
Also under contract now, Michael Bunting, two years at 950 grand per. Apparently, he left money on the table to join his former coach in Sheldon Keefe and a guy he probably knows pretty well in Kyle Dubas. Interesting decision for a guy who's just trying to get his feet wet in his NHL career. But and we were always talking about players maybe wanting to come play for the Leafs, hometown guys, even though he's not exactly a Toronto kid. But it's a good move for the Leafs, it looks like. They also signed Curtis Gabriel, who is a face puncher who will play sparingly, it seems, um, but is a guy who sort of aligns with the Maple Leafs um, beliefs and the way that they want to project themselves and, and how they want to contribute to society as a guy who fights for social rights issues. So that's cool. Um, we'll see how much uh, he plays for the Leafs, but he's there. And uh, two minor league defensemen in Alex Biega and Carl Dahlstrom. And then Josh Hosang on a PTO. So no committed dollars yet, but Josh Hosang will be part of the Maple Leafs story, at least to start in 2021-2022. Now, we do have to reserve judgment, unfortunately, as I mentioned. The Leafs said they plan on circling back to spend the remaining 4 or $5 million at their disposal. The belief is they can get some cheaper options if they show some patience. That's probably a good idea because there's a rush right away, right? You go out and get the guys that you really want. That means you got to overpay a little bit because you're outbidding everyone in the moment. But as the dust settles, the offers are there, but perhaps not competitive yet. Maybe at that point, the Leafs can sort through the wreckage and get some players on some better contracts. Obviously, they need that. We can, however... Talk about the goaltending duo. Now, I have several issues with the Peter Morazic signing. Petter or Peter? Go Peter for now. First of which is that he's twice as expensive as Jack Campbell on the free agent deal. And he's only slightly cheaper than Freddie Anderson. So, you know, Jack Campbell earns $1.6 million for one more season. 3.8 for Morazic. And we're suddenly up to close to... What is it? Four, five, almost six million. So cheaper, obviously, but not decidedly cheaper, not meaningfully cheaper than an Anderson Jack Campbell pairing. $1.2 million cheaper. Still, that's progress. But the bigger problem is that Campbell needs a new contract next season, right? So if Mrazek is supposed to be the 1B, which I think he is. He's supposed to be the guy that supports Jack Campbell, that can go on hot streaks if Campbell's injured, if there's some issues with performance, so on and so forth. But this was supposed to be Jack Campbell's crease. He won it. He rested away from Freddie Anderson. And we all expected him to be the number one guy, the guy in opening night, the guy who handles the bulk of the duties, probably the guy who plays in the playoffs. So if his backup is earning 3.8, what is Jack Campbell going to sign for next year? Wouldn't it be like a minimum of $4 million? Like that best case scenario, $4 million if he performs at the way we expect him perform to perform. And Mrazek's fine and st sticks around. But you can't give him less than Mrazek, can you? So $4 million, we'll say that's the minimum. That means it's $7.8 million minimum to your goaltending. Which is not helpful, is it? And this also coincides with Morgan Riley becoming an unrestricted free agent. So you've set the bar internally at the goaltending position at something Campbell likely has to clear. 
you would think, at $3.8 million. It's not exactly the most cost-effective approach to all this. So I'm not sure really what the plan is or what the thinking is or how this is going to work out in the future. If Campbell exceeds, ex- not exceeds expectations, if he meets expectations, outplays Petr Mrazek, then in a year's time, there's going to be a goaltending issue in Toronto. And you don't want to put yourself back in that position, I don't think. From the performance standpoint, I mean, Mrazek's numbers have always been solid, but he has been very fortunate to play behind a shot suppression team like the Carolina Hurricanes. And for that reason, I'm not completely sold on him, right? Because he hasn't been the guy that's been able to hold down that starter's position in his three years, I believe, three plus years with the Carolina Hurricanes. So I think there's reason to be skeptical about performance. It's an upgrade, I think, on, not on last year, because, you know, situation was different with Freddie Anderson. But... It's a quality guy that you can put into the into the system. But was it the right move? Will it cause financial issues down the road? I mean, it feels like it. I guess we got to reserve judgment a little bit because Mrazek could just outshine Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell gets, you know, knocked down a peg, suddenly is a backup goaltender again, and you re-sign him for $1.75 million and everything works out. Perhaps that's how it goes. But if they do believe Jack Campbell's the guy... They set a pretty high bar in terms of earnings. So we'll see. Anyway, as I mentioned, we're going to do a full show tomorrow with Julian McKenzie. That was sort of a, a, it was pretty detailed to be honest, but we'll go in a little bit deeper. Um, But that was, yeah, that was free agency in 2020, 2021, excuse me. Uh, We'll leave it there. Free agency is always fun. It was fun again. And now that we got 32 teams Even more money to spend, almost a half billion dollars or a little bit more than a half billion dollars. Again, general managers, they just they just can't resist the can't resist the temptations of July one, even if it happens on July twenty eighth. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 